Rodney Jane here. With the holiday period over, Baked Beans Month is back at Bob Jane T-Marts. Buy three, get the fourth tyre absolutely free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama and Goodyear tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cashback on a range of Goodyear, Dunlop, BF Goodrich, Continental and Michelin tyres. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69. All with our best tyre price guarantee. We'll look after you. Tastes and supply. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast here. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. I've got a really cool episode of Parked Up for you. Uh, coming up right now, you know what? We're just going to uh, get straight into it because uh, racing is happening and there's some really cool stories going around. Heaps of Gen 3 supercars buzzing around and getting some testing under their belts. Uh, we're all looking forward to Newcastle. The Speed Series, the Shannon Speed Series, is coming up very soon as well. And uh, I've got a really cool guest who uh, who I caught up with just before. His name's Tom Oliphant. He is a Brit and he has come over all the way from the UK and he's going to compete in the TCR Australia Series. He's going to drive an Alfa Romeo for Ash Seawood Motorsport, which is really cool. Uh, and I've got the full chat with Chris Payne. Of course, he's the boss of gm racing and you might have heard a few of those snippets with mark fogarty on parked up plus on monday every monday 5 p.m you guys know where it's all at and chris talks uh in detail about uh some of those uh nasty little parody issues that have been uh, going on in the gen 3 world but uh he also expanded on some of chev's off-road plans and this uh this driver you guys might have heard of craig lounge uh, and also offers a really cool and, uh, and and really nice eulogy for Sam Fennick, of course, who passed away at uh, Willow Bank Raceway recently. So a couple of different tales that uh, Chris Payne and, and Fogues delve through uh, in relation to Chev Racing's 2023 motorsport program. Okay, but first, uh, I caught up with Tom Oliphant. Now, uh, over in the UK, he has been competing in British touring cars of late. And he had a year off. He moved out to Australia last year and he came all the way to Australia, did not much last year, but before that was racing in the British Touring Car Championship at the highest level, uh, even winning some races. And now he's going to be competing here in a two-year deal with Ash Seawood Motorsport and their sponsor, Auto Glim in the TCR Australia series. Uh, some, uh, yeah, really cool to have international category uh, that we have here in Australia in TCR. Uh, and now we've got an international driver as well. How is he going to go? Who knows? I caught up with him for a chat. This is Tom Oliphant on Parked Up. Hey, it's great to welcome Tom Oliphant onto the Parked Up podcast. Tom is fresh from the United Kingdom and he's going to make his debut in the TCR Australia series. Tom, thanks for coming on Parked Up. Cheers, Grant. Really, uh, really glad to be here. Oh, so glad to be on this podcast, obviously. But uh, you're you've you've actually been in Australia for the for the last year and you've been. Uh, settling in, just waiting to get yourself a race seat, and that—that's all happened. You're going to drive for uh, Ashley Wood Motorsport in a Alfa Romeo in the opening round at Simmons Plains. That's uh, that's all happening pretty soon next week. Um, yeah, very exciting. Obviously, you're a race car driver, and you've moved halfway around the world, but now you actually get to drive race cars. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot's happened in the last sort of 13, 14 months, really, for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was an ordeal trying to get here. Um, you know, people clearly a lot of people want to get in the country because they make it very hard. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I came here with my fiance, and um, it was always our plan at some point, but um, got a little delayed because of COVID. We probably would have been here a year or two earlier, and and obviously, if we hadn't had the COVID impact, I my plan was to uh, negotiate a race seat for when I turn up basically so that I wouldn't end up with a, a gap in my racing or a year off. Um, yeah. But sadly because of COVID and, and the fact that just getting in the country or getting on a plane was so tough. Um, 
I, I couldn't really do that. So I ended up spending another year in England racing for BMW for a third year. And, um, and then we, we decided to make the jump over no matter what, um, which led to me taking, taking a year off last year, which honestly was, was great. Um, I, I needed a break. I really just needed a bit of time to kind of get back to me and to figure out what I wanted, my, you know, my, what direction I wanted my career to go. And, um, and yeah, so after a long deliberation, I was eager of a bit to get back. So, um, so yeah, so started speaking to, you know, all the varying different sort of teams and, and varying different championships. And yeah, TCR Australia was just the perfect fit. And so was Ash. Perfect. Yeah. So you'll drive, uh, you'll drive for Ash. So just tell, before you, uh, before you did that, interesting to hear that you had a, you, you got a good chance having that year on the sideline. I'm sure you would have watched a lot of KO. You would have watched a lot of Stan sport over the, uh, over the break to have a look, good look at what all the national championships looked like and where you might be able to fit. What were, what was some of your research like? Oh, um, not going to lie didn't do a lot of research um i needed a complete break i'm not I, i'm not one of these people that likes uh likes you know i don't really like watching motorsport if i'm being completely honest um i absolutely love doing it but i've never been a great great you know viewer of it it's a weird thing to say yeah. um i enjoy watching you know formula one and i enjoy watching bathurst and and this that and the other but um but yeah it's not it's not what i i tend to watch a lot of so i um i spent most of my year playing golf um, relaxing and trying to give myself a complete break from motorsport for two reasons. One, to see if, you know, I was still in love with it as I ever was. And two, um, I think, you know, after 22 years of doing the same thing every single year, you just, you, you know, you have to have a break. Otherwise you just go insane. Um, so, so I didn't watch a lot. And then it got to about August and I started getting a little bit fidgety again. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I wonder, I wonder what I could do next year. And, and so, um, so I looked around and, you know, obviously watched some of the supercars and, and watched some of the TCR and, you know, just kind of fell out Australian motorsport. But if I'm being honest, you know, you, a lot of English people watch Australian motorsport. It's quite famous around the world. Um, so I already had a good idea of, of kind of what I was getting myself into. Um, and, and, you know, when we originally planned to come over here, um you know i'd i've done my research all the way back then in like 2019 2020 when the plan was sort of coming together to move um so yeah tcr was obviously just starting in 2019 and it was something on my radar obviously tcr across the world was kind of starting at that point and yeah it was always fascinated me i think it's a great series i think it does brilliantly to bring manufacturers into the sport and you know it's really exciting to be able to you know, first of all, race in Australia at some of the iconic tracks, Bathurst being, you know, the most prominent of that. But secondly, is to race against the uh, the world guys when they come and visit at the back end of this year. So, mm. um, so that's really what steered me in in the way of TCR Australia. And um, and yeah, you know, the guys who organise the championship have been incredibly helpful and and are really keen to get me involved. Obviously, having a European driver coming over. Um, is something a little different. So, um, so yeah, they helped me a lot and introduced me to a few good people. And Ash being one of them, um, I just got really good vibe off him. Um, you know, he's a racer at heart. He wants to win, and um, and I like that. So um, I can work with that. And and you know, his philosophy matches mine. Yeah, excellent. Well, uh, that the car that you're going to use for the the first round there. Certainly knows how to win. It's done. Uh, it did some winning in the hands of Michael Caruso, and the Alfa Romeo uh, has also seen uh, some success uh, in Australia since since it started in 2019. Uh, renowned for its uh, straight line handling at uh, at certain places, and it uh, cleaned up at Simmons Plains a couple of years ago. So uh, you might be in the uh, right place, uh, right time. But there are these newer uh, TCR cars coming through now we've got a couple of new Audis that will be there Josh Bucken is in a in one of the new um i30n sedans so uh i guess um 
the what what have you sort of looked at for for your competition have you uh have you researched all these uh you know driver announcements that are coming through and sussing out your opposition yeah i've um i've been keeping a close eye on it and um you know i've been doing my research on my cars obviously with you know quite a few brand new cars coming to the championship this year it um you know it puts a pressure on some of the old older cars you know the alpha is is an old car and although it is apparently very, very good in a straight line, which should suit the Tassie track. Um, you know, it, it's going to, you know, just be overall a little weaker than the, the newer models. You know, that that's how car development goes, right? And and the, the series want new cars to come through all the time. So, um, so you know, Will Brown in the RS3 is going to be a, an absolute monster, I'm sure. Um, that car was quick last year, wasn't it? And yeah. um you know, it's going to be, you know, now he's got the new one. So um, I'm sure he'll be absolutely rapid. Um, like you mentioned, Josh in the new Hyundai, that was under development last year. So I'm sure the team's got a good understanding of that now. So they should be looking to start with a flyer. Um, honestly, you know, I don't really know what to expect. Um, you know, on the one hand, I've never raced any of these drivers before and I've never raced any of these circuits which I'm actually really looking forward to because I've raced in Europe for 22 years straight and you end up racing against the same people in the same cars, no matter what championships you're in. Um, you know, I raced against Dan Kamish in Porsches, GTs and touring cars. Um, you know, the same drivers of your generation just kind of grow with you and you end up following them. So it's nice to get a little bit of, you know, new things to kind of challenge myself with. So I'm really excited by, by driving against these new drivers and and obviously all the new cars that are coming into the series and you know tcr as a whole is a relatively new thing for me um i know i've done british touring cars before that but they're all bespoke cars to the championship so i've never actually driven a tcr car um so there's a lot of new things and the tracks you know but i'm really looking forward to it and the way i look at it is yeah i'm gonna have to get used to all of them but they're gonna have to get used to me as well so I uh, I like to think there's going to be learning on both parts. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, okay, so you've uh, you've come out of a uh, a few seasons in British touring cars, and you'd raced uh, some sports cars in in the lead up to that as well. You run well, you won a couple yep. of races in British touring cars, and and the the BTCC is um, probably Australia's uh, certainly in the past had been Australia's second favourite touring car mm. championship anywhere in the world. We obviously had our own local product here, whether it was group A regulations or whether it was in the modern supercars regulations uh, that they were, that they have always been our uh, number one touring car category. But for many years, the British touring car championship was also, or has also been our second favorite uh, a championship, particularly uh, through the north, through the nineties, uh, uh, maybe even the early two thousands, where we saw some, you know, fantastic uh, the touring car drivers compete, and and we got we kind of got a little touch point with them as well, uh, because we had uh, the John Clellans and the Alain Menus and and a raft of others, uh, Derek Warwick's. They all came and raced in the Bathurst yeah. one thousand, or or raced in those super touring races that we had here in Australia as well. So we always had. A, a little touch point to the British uh, Championship. Now you won a couple of races over there, and the Br British Touring Car Championship is is wildly different to what we had seen in the nineties and the the early two thousands. So um, I don't know. To, to give us a little insight into where the British Touring Car Championship currently sits, uh, you know, on the world touring car scene. Oh well. Um... Well, first of all, you know, it, it's it's the same as felt in, in the UK, really. The the UK's favourite race series outside of the UK is, is supercars. Um, so it's interesting to feel or hear that, um, that the Aussies feel that the same way in reverse. So, um, so that's really interesting. British Touring Cars is, I would argue, um, one of the most competitive touring car series in the world. Um, if not the most competitive. I mean, I'm excluding supercars because in Australia, because I just don't believe they're really touring cars anymore. <laughs> you know, they're kind of a hybrid between. What, a must what are you saying? A Mustang and a Camaro isn't a touring car? What are you saying? 
Well, a Mustang is technically a GT car, isn't it? That's right. I mean, that's, you know, right. that's, that's literally what its definition is. So is a Camaro. Um, although they are touring cars in the way they're built and everything, but the amount of power they've got and the, the amount of grip and, and grunt they've got, the way they handle, um, they're kind of a bit of a hybrid now. Um, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love watching them, but I don't class them as traditional touring cars. I, try, I think touring cars is, you know, a nice mixture between front wheel, rear wheel drive, uh, lots of different manufacturers. Um, you know, world touring cars, you know, has been on, on sort of an up and down playing field over the last couple of years. So, and DTM is basically a Formula One car with a, a car body on it. Yeah. Um, so British touring cars, you know, we consistently get 30 car fields every year. Um, some years, 32, depending on how many licenses are issued. And um, yeah, I mean, we race at tracks like Brands Hatch, uh, Knock Hill, which are under 50 seconds. And the top 22 cars could be split by three tenths, um, sometimes less. Um, and, that, you know, that, that's just kind of crazy in my head, you know. Um, considering the the complexity of some of those tracks. Um, and yeah, you've got probably eight different manufacturers in the series as well. So um, I would rate the top sort of five drivers in the touring cars in England, um, BTCC, probably amongst, you know, some of the best touring car drivers in the world. I'd, I'd love to see, you know, the likes of Shane Mangensberg and uh, Mostert, um, Will Brown and, and those lot, you know, go over to England and, and compete in a British touring car round. And I'd, I'd love to see the reverse as well. Um, see everybody come over and race supercars around Bathurst. Um, I think that'd be really interesting, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I would rate it really highly. And, and honestly going into it, I I'd won a, a fair amount of races in my sort of junior career, as I call it, when I was racing sports cars and Porsches and, uh, GT4 and GT3. Um, and I had a good good understanding of how to win a race. And then I got into touring cars and it was a lot harder than I ever expected. Just the the amount of luck you needed um, to, to get that win, the amount of um, how, how many things you had to do right in, in just one race weekend. You know, you had to qualify yourself really high up and then, you know, you had to convert with a lot of cars with a lot of different advantages. Um, so it's hard racing, you know, a Honda versus a BMW versus a, a Ford for instance. So, um, yeah, it, uh, it took me a couple of years to get my first win. Um, and then I got my second a year after lots of podiums, but yeah, nobody, I think the most wins anybody gets in a season in British touring cars is about four or five. And that's a really good haul out of 30 individual races. Um, mm. so, you know, we've got weight ballast, a success ballast. We've got, um, you know, reverse grids, um, qualifying and there's so many different variables that um that stop somebody winning twice in a row um yeah it's really tough so i think it's one of the one of the hardest series to win in it's um it's definitely very competitive but really really good fun and i i think it'll set me up nicely to come over here and and do the tcr the tcr racing seems like it's pretty classic touring cars really close you know like to get their elbows out have a bit of a bit of a rub um and that's pretty much what i'm about awesome well uh you'll fit in perfectly then that's for sure there's uh there's not too much uh really nasty stuff but uh yeah a, a, a couple of little uh hits and rubs and those sorts of things certainly make it a little bit more entertaining for those like myself sitting on the sideline <laughs> um now the uh the just another thing on the the british touring car scene is that of course you've got the british touring car championship which has you know, steeped in history and uh, and has been running for many, many years. But they've also got uh, TCR UK as well, which started pretty lean, but just in the last mm -hmm. uh, last year or so, it's really come on strong, certainly in terms of uh, entries and numbers. I think they're up well over 20 at the moment as well. It's uh, kind of cool that the the, the country, I know you've got a, certainly a lot more people who live over in the UK compared to what we have here in Australia, but it's kind of cool that the the country can sustain what it looks like, two decent touring car championships with pretty big numbers. Yeah, um, TCR, uh, TCR England um, or UK is, is a really interesting one. Um, 
There's a lot of politics in British motorsport. And I'm sure there's a lot of politics in all motorsport, right? But, um, <laughs> no, no, no. There's none in Australia. Don't worry. It's none, just none easy. Nah, it's none. Don't worry. Okay. Well, um, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll come to you when I've got some complaints then. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of politics. And, um, you know, British Touring Cars has been going for 60, 60 something years now. And, um, you know, it's a massive entity. And obviously, people um, want to protect that. And having a, a, a series like TCR come in, um, you know, where the cars are, you know, made by manufacturers and are cheaper and, you know, it's cheaper to run. Um, you know, TCR is an amazingly cost-effective form of racing. Um, it was a, it's a very clever concept. So um, it took a little while to get off the ground. It had, had a lot of hurdles, I think a lot less hurdles than it did in other countries um, for, say, you know, Europe, Asia. Uh, and Australia, um, where it might have been welcomed a little more, um, but it definitely had its its challenges. And and like you said, it was pretty lean to start with, and the racing was relatively average. But you know, last year um, you had Chris Smiley, who was a, an ex um, an ex uh, British touring car driver, um, who won it, and he he moved from touring cars over to um, to TCR. And I think that was kind of the first move where people were kind of seeing, oh, well, maybe maybe drivers are going to use this as a an alternative to British touring cars. And then what's happened this year, um, which I think has really driven it forward, is um, they've just announced a £75,000 prize pool, mm-hmm. um, which I think may be joint or maybe the biggest um, prize pool in British motorsport at the moment. Um, I know Porsche have a very good prize pool as well but um but yeah seventy five thousand pounds is is a lot to compete for mm. and um when the entry cost to go racing is significantly lower than british touring cars um i think a lot of people are looking at it and going you know what this is a this is a good place for me to go and and it also leads as well to now the potential to race against um world touring car drivers or just race against European touring car drivers, because, you know, obviously you can take your car from England and you can travel around Europe. Um, I know in Australia, obviously, there's very few places you can take your car to compete other than Australia yeah. without getting on a long boat ride. But hey, you England, can take it to Simmons Plains. It's only a short boat ride. <laughs> um, but in England, you know, you can just get on a ferry or get on a train and go all around Europe. And so you can compete in the UK series. You can compete in the European series. You know, I think Germany has its own series. I think, um, you know, the Benelux have their own series. So there's a lot of TCR racing around Europe. And, um, and I, you know, I only see it growing, really, um, which is why I'm quite interested and excited to get involved in TCR over here. Because I think, you know, in the next couple of years, it's probably going to be a relatively big competitor to British touring cars in England. Um, you know, and, and I think British motorsport will be a benefit for that. Um, you know, competition is always good. It pushes the championships to, you know, provide a better service and, um, you know, do better for their drivers and their, you know, spectators and everything like that. Um, so I'm interested to see what TCR offers over here. Um, yeah, cool. But yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, we're looking forward to seeing uh, how you go in your uh, first few rounds. Now, uh, let's find out a little bit more about yourself. So I think you're 32 years old, so uh, yep. a, a proud Brit, I have no doubt. Are you like a massive yeah. N- Nigel Mansell fan? Are you a massive uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton fan? How do, uh, you know, what, 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 what inspired your passion for motorsport? Um. Whoa. Um, I'd probably say Senna is the best racing driver ever. Yeah. I sadly was too young to really watch him. Um, he died when I was four. So um, that's a bit of a shame. I grew up kind of idolizing, you know, Schumacher. That was the era I started watching Formula One. Um, but realistically, my motorsport interest um, came from uh, my dad going to a British touring car round and, um, and getting a signed poster from Ricard Rydell. Oh, very good. Um, in his in his Volvo, and um, that sat on my wall from the age of like six all the way through to when I left home and go, went to uni. And um, you know, I'll always remember looking up at that and going, you know, one day, you know, maybe I'll be able to, you know, win a, win some sort of race in karting or something like that. And I never thought I'd ever get to the stage where I was like, 
oh, I'm a touring car driver and I'm signing those posters for other little kids that will then take them home and put them on the wall. So that's kind of really cool. But um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a huge, you know, proud Brit person. You know, I, I don't really see that defining me. <laughs> um, my favourite Formula One driver at the moment, I, you know, last year was probably Verstappen until he, um, until he wouldn't let Perez through, which I thought was a bit rough. Yeah. Um, but I like the way he drives. I like how aggressive he is. I like the fact that he, he's the same person on the track and off the track. He, he doesn't try and be somebody else. I think too many elite sports people just try and put on a, a facade for the public and then obviously their true self comes through when they they're not whereas Verstappen just says yeah you know I'm a I'm not you know I'm a bit of a pain in my backside on the track and I'm probably the same off the track so I quite like his driving style he's exciting to watch um I love Daniel Ricciardo um he is my fiance's favorite um for, for so many reasons but you know I always try and model myself on him where I want to be you know, last of the late breakers, uber aggressive, great at racing, um, but happy and smiley off the track. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's a really, um, a really good thing to try and aim for. So, um, so yeah, I wouldn't say my favorite British sports, I wouldn't say my favorite sports people are British at all. You know, love Tiger Woods, love, um, you know, uh, who's the Bulls basketball player? Um, Michael, jo- Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Um you know, Michael Schumacher, um, Senna, you know, those are the people that inspired me rather than, you know, the Brits. But obviously, you know, I can't take it away from Lewis. He'll he'll become the best of all time at some point in the next two years. Yeah. No um okay, uh, cool. So uh, there's uh, there's there's one uh, there's one thing that we do have here in Australia that uh, does make everyone pretty excited, certainly when it comes to uh, car racing and that is yeah. mount mount panorama it's the yep. it's the uh the great bathurst circuit which uh which is seen all around the world and you know i think the first time that we just started this conversation you'd mentioned that you know you'd wake up and watch the bathurst 1000 which is a um an annual tradition here and you probably would have uh you might not have gone to the bathurst 1000 but i'm sure you might have woken up uh, in that um, in that weekend in October, and watched uh, the Bathurst one. Definitely watched it a few times. Definitely watched it a few times. Yeah. Uh, now the beauty is you'll get to race against. Uh, you'll get to race at that circuit this year yep. in in TCR, the last round of the championship as part of the Bathurst International. There's going to be a whole bunch of other internationals uh, coming here as part of the new TCR World Tour. Um, now you've been in Australia for a little while, have and and you actually you live in Wollongong on the beach, yes. beautiful part of the world. It's only a three hour, three and a half hour drive from Wollongong over to Bathurst, or maybe it's a little bit more, maybe it's four or five hours. Whatever it is, it's close. Have you been yeah. to the mountain yet? No, 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 no. I've got a rule. It's a bit of a weird one, but I don't like going to racetracks until I race them. Right. I just. Hey. I, you know, like so many people have said, oh, you can go and drive it. And I'm like, yeah, but you can drive it at 30K and, uh, you know, and or 40K or 50K. There's speed cameras all over it. It's obviously yep. to stop people trying to Set emulate their heroes. Yes. Um, and I'm just not interested in that. Like, I'd rather just, first time I see it, I'd rather just be on track by myself and, you know, learn it how it's meant to be driven. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've kind of applied that all the way through my career. Um, I've, I've really, the first time I went to Spa, I was racing there. First time I went to Le Mans, I was racing there. First time I was, you know, at Barcelona, I was racing there. You know, it, it, um, it always seems to work for me. So no, I haven't gone to Bathurst. Obviously I've, I've been here for one Bathurst thousand and I watched it all day and it was a, a fascinating race. Um, and I've woken up many, many times in, in England to watch it just like, you know, 80% of British um, motorsport fans do exactly the same. It's basically as big as the Super Bowl, right? So across the world, it's um, it's well tuned in amongst mm. the fans. So um, so I know what it's about. I know where the corners go. But obviously, until you get there, um, I think it'll be a different experience to drive around it. So no, no, I, I, I haven't been yet. But um, you're right. It's only, it's only four hours down the road. <laughs> just a day trip. It's just a day trip. Just- just a day trip. If you if you can get them to close a road for me, I'll drive there now. 
yeah. So, well, like you can drive onto that thing right now. You drive over there right now. You'll be able to drive onto the circuit under the bridge and do a complete lap uh, unhindered. Just you'll have to stick to the 60 kilometer per hour uh, speed limit. And if you don't, then you'll just have to really cross your fingers that there's not a police car uh, sitting over the final hump down Conrod Strait waiting to um, uh, check your speed to see if they can I mean, take I mean, some points sure, off you. Surely that's where they just put a permanent person. Right? That's, that's your job. Your job, <laughs> Mr. Police Officer, is to sit at the end of Conrod Strait every day, 24 hours a day. <laughs> right, surely that's a thing. Um, yeah, no, I, like, I'm really looking forward to going. And, um, you know, but racetracks are a special place, especially tracks like Mount Panorama, which, you know, are normal roads um, because they just don't feel like a racetrack unless it's all closed off, all the stands are up and, you know, the pit garages are full and, you know, there's a vibe around it and it, it gets you excited and that's that's kind of a buzz for me. So, um, yeah, so I will... Uh, I'm hoping to go and, and maybe drive a car around there in some sort of race before the last round, because obviously it's a track that local knowledge is, is key. And I'm going up against some ex or current supercar drivers or co-drivers or people that have raced in Australia for many more years than me. So they yeah. all probably know it a hell of a lot better than I do. But, um, but yeah, you know, I'm up for the challenge. Um, you know, I went to Le Mans, only had 45 minute practice and managed to put it pretty close to the front. So I, uh, I feel like I can do something around Bathurst. Also, it's for track you can actually do on the sim. It's a pretty accurate simulation, isn't it? So I can actually drive cars around there pretty consistently for the rest of the year. So, um, so I'll be doing that to practice as well. Yeah. No, you'll definitely know what way it goes. I can mm. almost guarantee you'll be blown away with, by how steep the thing is it's yeah. uh it is a, uh, it is it is different to what you see on tv and any simulator that i've ever sat in you just don't really truly understand how uh how 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 much you have to climb up that uh up that joint and how quickly it um it drops off the uh off the edge as you go down across skyline uh and mm. through the s's um, yeah, so uh, it is. Uh, it's a magical place, actually. I was. Uh, you, you did uh, just say before that you know you don't get too, uh, you don't get too stressed, or you don't get too, you don't think about uh, going to new tracks too much. But even for myself, who's loved motorsport for um, ever since I can remember, uh, every time you drive across the Blue Mountains and you see that Mount Panorama sign for the first time, there's uh, it's it's just got a different feeling. It uh, it's uh, nothing against Simmons Plain. Simmons Plain's a cool track, and we're going to really enjoy that <laughs> next weekend. But it's it's definitely nothing like that one. No, well, I think there's only a couple of racetracks in the world that have the same feeling uh, than than Bathurst. Um, I've been lucky enough to drive a few Le Mans, Spa, um, to name two of them. But um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. It's the last one on my bucket list. Um, I've pretty much raced at every other track on my bucket list. So, um, so this is the last one. So I'd, I'm really looking forward to ticking it off this year and then I can make a new bucket list finally. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I believe what you mean. I, I cannot wait to, uh, to drive up there and, and see it in all its glory. Um, come the end of the year. Perfect. Okay. And, uh, look, uh, finally, yeah, again, really looking forward to seeing you jump into TCR Australia. It's going to be great to have, a, a new international uh, come in and, uh, you know, and an international driver that, that we haven't seen race here at all. So, um, yeah, exciting to see uh, how you go and how you fit into the pack. It's uh, every international racing car driver that you ever speak to, um, certainly as a journalist or, you know, in the worlds that I fit in, you always mm-hmm. ask, would you like to compete? in the Bathurst 1000 one day. And I'm going to guess that the answer is yes. But uh, do you, but before you answer that, it's is it more about now just uh, finding if this is the, you know, you've moved to a new part of the world. Uh, this is your first time doing a, a full-time uh, series in, in, a, in, a different, in a different country. You do get to race at Bathurst in these cars that you're going to race in, in the TCR cars, mm. but... Yeah, the Bathurst 1000 is is a different thing and uh, they're going through a raft of changes in supercars land with the Gen 3 cars coming on online and we're going to uh, we're going to see them race at Newcastle really soon and 
and we yeah. can't wait for that. But uh, yeah, is it just a, a, a suck and see? Is this the? Uh, are you sort of hoping this is just your first step to a uh, a, a nice little new journey in Australia? Oh, well, I'm definitely seeing it as the first step of my motorsport journey in Australia. What what that journey ends up becoming, who knows? Um, you know, I'm I'm really just looking forward to TCR this year and um and concentrating on one enjoying my motorsport um to you know competing at the highest level i can possibly compete at and and three you know bringing home some silverware um and beyond that i mean obviously i don't think there's a racing driver in the world that doesn't want to compete in the bathurst 1000 um so i'm definitely in that camp and if i got the call up to compete as a co-driver or as a main driver i would take it um, in a heartbeat, but um, you know that might come in the future. I mean, obviously TCR. You know, there's a lot of co-drivers and a lot of current supercar drivers who, who race it. So, you know, I'm I'm putting myself amongst the drivers that get that chance. So, who knows if I do a good enough job, maybe I'll I'll get um, get a, a nice phone call or two. But you know, I'm just looking forward to driving in the TCR car to start with. I think um, baby steps. Drive it in uh, something you know before driving it in one of those monsters. But, um, mm. but yeah, hopefully one day I'll get that chance. Perfect, Tom Oliphant. Thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up, mate. Can't look, uh, can't wait to see you down at uh, Simmons Plains for the first round of TCR Australia. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, and I thank Tom so much for his time. Really cool chat, uh, and and great to see a Brit coming over and competing in Australian touring car racing. We've seen it before. And uh, and I guess we we kind of wish him all the best because the uh, the better he goes, the more people around the world are going to uh, have their eyeballs on our touring car racing down here. Okay, cool. So as I'd said at the top of the show, we've got Chris Payne. He's the general manager of Chev Racing's efforts down here in Australia and New Zealand. He caught up with Mark Fogarty to talk about a wide range of topics all around Chev Racing and all around motorsport. Here it is. Chris Payne, welcome back to Parked Up. Gen 3 testing finally off and running. We're seeing Chevy Camaros getting out there on the track. How's it going from Chevrolet Racing's point of view? Well, hello, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me on. I, I just think it's incredibly exciting to see the cars hitting the track after um, so long and, and it's just uh, an incredible tribute to the work being done by all of the teams uh, to, to get to where we are and, and we've, we've had a number of cars hit the track this week and then more next week and, and to see them going out with what appears to be such initial good reliability I'll call it, um, it, it must be really pleasing for the engineers involved. Indeed. On both sides of the fence, it seems that early indications are that despite all the angst and delays, the cars are reliable, which just a few weeks out from the Newcastle 500 is, is, is probably a good thing. Indeed. I'm sure there's still a lot of work to be done. And um, uh, after a massive build-up and the expectation of what, what, what is going to be the the most significant step change in the sport for many, many years. Uh, we can't wait. And, and frankly, we couldn't be prouder of the work that's been done by all six of the, the Chevrolet racing Camaro-based teams that are going to hit the track at Newcastle in a few weeks. We've heard a lot of noise from Ford in recent weeks how they're still not happy about the parity or lack of between the Mustang and the Camaro. Where do you guys sit on that? Are you happy that the performance of the cars will be even? Yes, we are. And, and look, we, we um, have every faith in the process and the uh, work that's been done by supercars and on our side, the homologation team, Triple Eight Race Engineering, particularly by Jeremy Moore and the team, we have every faith that uh, the cars will be... Um, equal in terms of competition. We all want that. We, we uh, uh, provide um, every confidence uh, in the, the decisions that are going to be made. And, and I'm not going to make comments particularly about 
Ford and, and what Mark Rushbrook has had to say about that. Um, we, we just want to get on with the racing, and I know the teams want to do that as well. Ford performance, particularly over in Detroit, they've been quite visible in the process of developing the Gen 3 Mustang. General Motors counterpart, not so visible. Have your colleagues in the States been vitally involved in the development of the Camaro? Yes, we have, and, and we'll do that in our own particular way. Um, we have a tremendous level of support from the North American team and the GM Motorsport and Performance team led by Jim Campbell. So there is a lot of interaction that goes on uh, with us behind the scenes. We're feeding back to uh, supercars and Triple Eight, and we're supporting the test days, uh, represented there by Steve Byrne, our, our Gen 3 program manager. Uh, working closely with all of the teams. So we do um, have a very strong and visible presence behind the scenes, um, particularly in respect to um, the powertrain side of things and the testing and related parts supply with that. Um, so uh, not as all what it seems. Um, and uh, we will do that in our particular way and, uh, and support the teams as we see fit. Well, of course, Chevrolet racing in Australia is new. You particularly have been involved for going on decades in promoting the Holden brand in supercars racing. Now we've got a new nameplate and a new car. How else will we see Chevrolet racing, not just on the track, but what other visibility will, be, will there be around the place? Basically, I'm asking... How are you going to promote this involvement? Well, that'll be done through the competition, Mark, as it was done uh, in, in the Holden era. Um, our partnership uh, with the six Chevrolet racing Camaro-based teams um, is, is complex and uh, interweaved uh, commercially with them in, in many and different ways. And um, the brand will evolve over time uh, and, and grow and, and take over, we, we think, we, we know, from the legacy of the Holden achievements. So the achievements of the teams uh, on the track uh, will do the talking, and that's what, what's going to build the brand. And the fans will be able to follow their favourite teams, their favourite drivers, just in new, new machinery, um, and with an all-new enthusiasm and... Um, and uh, marketing push, I'll call it, from the Supercars Race uh, Organisation, which is pleasing to see. Okay, so there isn't a Camaro available in Australia. So how, how will the racing promote the other, well, basically the Chevrolet Silverado, a pickup truck? Where's the crossover in terms of promotion? Well, Chevrolet Racing adds to the portfolio of brands that uh, GM Australia and New Zealand have uh, now in the organisation. So it's an excitement brand, if you like, um, that will, will add to our portfolio of brands, including, as you mentioned, GMSV uh, selling Silverado and uh, Corvette. Uh, and fans are able to see uh, those vehicles uh, in and around the, the circuits, um, uh, in support of each of the Chevy racing uh, teams. Um, and then in the rest of our business, in the very uh, uh, significant uh, GM trade parts business that we operate uh, alongside AC Delco, providing the excitement uh, added to that parts business that we run as part of GM Australia. You mentioned Corvette, which is obviously the hero car of GMSV in Australia. Just recently, the GT3 racing version of the latest C8 Corvette was unveiled. I see Bathurst 12-hour written all over that machine. Do you want it to be there? Are there any plans? Well, it's an enticing prospect, isn't it? Um, and and the, the Corvette uh, Z06 GT3 breaks new ground for, for us, for Chevrolet and, and the Corvette racing program globally. So... The, the GT3 Corvette is scheduled to race for the first time at the uh, 2024 Rolex 24 Hours in Daytona. That's the, the plan at this stage. 
Uh, and then beyond that, um, of course, there's an interest in that, uh, but we don't have anything further to announce uh, at this time. I wouldn't mind betting you've had discussions or it's been brought up in discussions with, uh, well, particularly your Gen 3 homologation team, Triple Eight. Well, there's a lot of people interested in the car globally. Um, and yes, there is some local interest. If you uh, go to Chevrolet.com, uh, the North American website, uh, there is an expression of interest uh, section on the website uh, right now where uh, North American teams and, and owners can uh, uh, apply for an expression of interest in the vehicle. That's not open globally at this time. Uh, so we'll keep a watching brief on that and update as soon as we've got more to say. So realistically, from what you're saying, it would be the Bathurst 12 hour in 2025 before we could possibly see it in Australia, really. Well, at best, and, and that would be uh, an exciting prospect. Particularly going up against your old foe, the Mustang, in its new GT3 guys. Yes, and, and, and Ford have a very robust program with the Mustang and elsewhere in motorsport, um, but we'll make our own decisions on how we evolve Chevrolet racing, particularly here in Australia. We, we're considered part of the global effort now for uh, GM Motorsports, and, and Camaro, is, as you know and your listeners know, is, is our weapon of choice for not just supercars, but also for NASCAR. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, we, we, we think Chevrolet racing has got a very exciting future, not just in supercars, uh, here in Australia and New Zealand, and, and we're really excited and just can't wait for the for the competition to start at Newcastle in a few weeks. Well, you brought it up. So, what else can we expect this year coming up from Chevrolet Racing? Um, you showed the uh, the off road racer concept um, featuring Craig Lowndes. Are we going to see that in competition? Yeah, likely to be. And, and we had a, a really positive reaction to. Um, showing the Silverado off-road racer concept at, at the Adelaide 500 last year. Um, it's based on the new model year 23 ZR2 Silverado. Um, so we're going to take the vehicle to Newcastle uh, and again, gauge reaction from the fans there. And then beyond that, we'll take it to other events. Um, our, our, uh, our plan of, at this stage is to um, continue that uh, showcasing the vehicle, then move into a testing phase with Craig, which he's looking forward to very much. Uh, and beyond that, we'll look at doing some uh, uh, races with the with the truck, um, but we haven't made a commitment yet as to what they are. And Chris, a bit difficult to address, I know, but what is the future of Chevrolet racing in drag racing here in Australia? Well, um, Mark, first of all, um, you're referring there, of course, to the, the tragic loss of um, Sam Fennick on the, the 7th of January this year uh, at uh, the Queensland Raceway. Um, and first and foremost, uh, our thoughts continue to be uh, with Sam's family, uh, with the Fabietti Racing team, and, and more broadly with the drag racing community. Um, Sam was uh, widely considered to be an absolute gentleman. Um, he was a, a, an incredible uh, mechanic and such a, a, a giving person of his time to everyone in the paddock. And um, the uh, coming together uh, of the, the drag racing community, and particularly in Sydney, uh, following Sam's loss was um, was something that um, was incredible to see, and uh, the spirit of uh, um, cooperation and uh, family and uh, grief um, that came as a consequence of Sam's passing. So uh, it's a reminder that motorsport can be incredibly dangerous, uh, but also a reminder that there are some beautiful people involved in the sport not just drag racing, but also supercars and all classes of motorsport. And uh, I'm, I'm just thankful of the many, many messages that we had, I had personally from uh, members of the supercars community. Uh, and it's, it's cause for us to pause and, and reflect on what, what we might do in the future. We've been involved in drag racing uh, for some 17 years in Australia. Um, it's a terrific sport. Uh, we, we love it uh, from the perspective of communicating with our customers, 
but now's not the time for us to think and 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 be uh, communicating what our our commercial plans might be in that space out of respect to Sam. Understood, but just to clarify, so no decision yet, no plan, or what? Uh, none of those things, and and we'll talk about that when we're we're ready at the appropriate time. All right, Chris Payne, General Manager of Motorsport at Chevrolet Racing. Everyone's getting excited about the start of the supercar season. Thanks for your time, and uh, well, like all of us, you're looking forward to the Newcastle 500, I guess. We certainly are. It's a complete reset for the sport. Uh, we um, can't wait for it to begin, and I know that everyone across all of the teams, whether it be uh, mechanics, engineers, uh, truck drivers, the drivers of the supercars, um, can't wait to, to for the competition to begin and, and just see uh, how... Um, how it all unfolds after so much time and, and work and effort and development that's gone into uh, resetting the sport in this way. It's going to be very interesting and uh, uh, we can't wait for it to begin in a few weeks' time. And we thank Chris Payne and we thank Mark Fogarty. That is parked up for episode 193. Hey, love to hear some comments of feedback, what we should do for episode 200. We're only seven away from that. And that kind of just blows my mind a little bit, but uh, but really cool. And I'm sure we'll do something uh, uh, nice for our anniversary. What will we do next week? I don't know what Fogs is going to do. He'll do whatever he does for Parked Up Plus. Of course, that's every Monday. I'll see if I can wrangle my good mate, Tony D, to come on for a preview to the opening round of the Shannon Speed Series event. That's down in Simmons Plains. We're going to be heading down there uh, next week to uh, get the first proper national motorsport championships off and running for 2023. Uh, and of course you can listen to girls on the grid uh, every Monday, those girls, they, uh, they're loving it and they're, uh, they keep pushing them out. Priya and Tanea doing an awesome job. Also doing a great job, Darren Smith and Gary O'Brien with the Napa auto parts, grassroots racing podcast. That's every second Friday. They just did one recently with Peter Dane You've got to go and check it out. I'm Grant Rowley. This is Parked Up. You'll hear from me next week. You've just listened to another Network Hub production.